0: On today's show, hear us say, can I just add, and this is something I never thought about until I was working on this episode, it would hurt like the dickens to get shot with an arrow of any kind.
1: I can't even think.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations.
0: Hi, welcome back. Do you want to know what's cool? What's cool, Sensei? Sensei Jim has stayed and is joining us for a second episode.
1: Woohoo!
0: Hey, I'm, to- I'm totally psyched by this. Me too. Oh. We're so glad to have you still here.
2: Well, I'm glad to be back. Thank you, Sensei.
0: And of course, I'm with the
2: crew,
1: <laughs> the Pod Squad or the uh, Pod Force.
0: According to Sensei Jackie, <laughs> say hi, guys.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back.
0: Hey, everybody. Today's show does excite me because it's about Caudo. Japanese archery. But I'm going to start by going back to our first archery episode. Do you guys remember that I said I'd look up the origin of the word atlatl? Atlatl. Atlatl. Ah, it's said both ways. <laughs> well, I did. And a site called Ohio History Central says that atlatl comes from the Aztec language.
1: That's really interesting, Sensei, because we read at line. That it is a Native American word meaning spear thrower or throwing stick. And what is our life without good controversy? Well, every single time we have history,
0: us. we have two sides of it, don't we?
1: Us. And if they know some more history, they should. On us this out.
3: weapon, oh. please do right.
1: Us. So there you have it.
3: Well, everyone agrees that it means spear thrower. If you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, you should. It's packed with so much archery. You'd think there'd be no more left for today.
0: <laughs> you'd think that, but you'd be wrong. Cause not only are we doing this Cayudo episode, but it's gonna take us two episodes.
1: Us. <laughs>
0: so let's get to it. Cayuto is known as the Way of Archery. As usual, we used a lot of sites, but the biggest one we used is called International Cayuto Federation or IKYF dot org.
3: Hmm.
0: Are you guys ready?
3: We're I'm ready. So
0: Starting as a round robin, and I'm kicking it off. The bow is called a yumi, and artifacts have been found in Japan as far back as the year one. Year one? These bows were called maruki yumi, and they were constructed from small saplings. Unlike modern yumis, they were held in the center, and they came in various sizes.
1: You really don't hear a lot about the year one or two or three. But I'll add on, they
3: also found some hunting scenes drawn on bronze vessels. Oh, I love when we find evidence of drawings. But moving forward in time, archery was such an important part of the Shinto rituals that it had its own god of archery and war called Hachiman. That's cool, it's right? A, yes. <laughs> That's
1: pretty cool.
3: But I just want
0: to say, Landon, at 12 years old, you've probably done archery, I don't know, 50 times? Plus, all different sizes and and kinds of bows.
1: For sure. Same with
0: us, Sensei Jackie. Same with you, Sensei Jim. Yes, right. And bows, like nunchucks and swords, the actual weapon makes a difference.
1: Oh, for sure. I I totally have been able to feel the difference between different, not different types of bows, but even different companies of bows. Mm -hmm. Good point. And it's really fascinating to see the way how they all have the same goal, but they all function differently. And it's and, it's I, and I think what's fascinating is
0: how one just feels right in your Us. hands. Have you had that experience since I jumped?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's like anything you do, like golf golf clubs or anything you use, like a tool. You want something that fits you, like a custom fit.
0: I didn't know that about
3: golf clubs, so thanks for telling me. That's so cool. Yes, and, and you have a communication between yourself and that tool. Or that weapon that it just feels right when you have it in your hand. It's true. Exactly. And
1: like the same thing on a personal level with biking. I do a lot of biking. When you get the bike, it's like you're now connected to that bike.
0: Agree. Some bikes, you just at home the minute you sit on them. Us. And okay, sensei- we should get back to it here. Right, Sensei Jim?
2: Okay, us. Well, the diplomatic period between China and Japan started around the 4th or 5th century. At this time, there was a merging of two ideologies the Japanese itoku philosophy of dignity and virtue with the Chinese rei, which we all know means courtesy. So I was thinking about how we use the word rei to mean bow and dug a little deeper. I found out from Oriental Outpost that rei in Chinese goes beyond just courtesy to mean propriety, good manners, politeness, or even an expression of gratitude. And one more quick fact, the Japanese used the simplified kanji for rei to mean respect.
0: Hmm, I didn't know that. I love that. I love a word that has multiple meanings and deeper meanings and layered meanings. It just, it's just cool, right? Us. Yes. Uh, keep it going for me, Sensei Jackie. Us. Yes.
3: Over time, the two ideologies formed a shooting ceremony called Share. It was conducted in the palaces of the kings and the lords. This ceremony finally evolved into a way of shooting that immersed itself into the samurai culture. Records show that in both China and Japan, for centuries, that there has been a relationship between bows and inner growth. In just the last podcast,
0: we were talking about balancing inner growth and technical skill, right, guys? Us us. It's interesting that we're finding evidence of it here, dating back as far as the fourth and fifth century.
1: Oh, for sure, it's fascinating.
0: Humans never change. Well, I think the thing is you are going to metamorphosize as a person, whether you like it or not. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. So you might as well be like the silkworm. A little nod to Master Collegian there. He used to tell us that story often. And take the path that gives you the most growth. Us. Uh, That's right. Right? Us. Okay, we're moving on to some history. And that history is going to be about the actual weapons, the bows themselves. And Sensei Jim, I'd appreciate it if you'd pick it up there.
2: Us, sure, Sensei. I'm going to pick it up with a bow called Takiyumi, which is a bamboo bow made in the 10th century. Then in the 12th century, there's evidence of a composite bow made from bamboo and wood.
1: Us, and I read where the composite bows were taken from a Chinese technique. That's pretty cool. That is pretty
0: cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get back to the culture. Us. Us. In the late 1100s, the samurai ethic had been firmly established. It incorporated technique, everything from swordsmanship to horsemanship and, of course, archery. The spiritual aspects, the concepts of a moral code, that was also being
3: established. True, Sensei. And I read that the proof of this is noted in a book called Mirror of the East by Aguna Kagami.
1: Excellent.
3: Excellent.
0: Okay, like usually happens, we end up at the Tokugawa period. Oh, here
1: here comes the Tokugawa period.
0: (laughs) I'm reminding our audience because I had to remind myself that that period is 1603
1: to 1868. And was that
0: the Edo period or the Meiji Restoration? No, the Edo period. The Edo period. The Meiji Restoration started in 1868. Okay. Okay, pick it up for me, Sensei Jim. Let's tell them about it.
2: Sure, Sensei. You guys have said a lot that this period is marked by the fact that the military fight has turned to guns, making samurai obsolete, while the shogunate made an official martial arts military school called kobusho. It excluded archery because they said it was antiquated, not effective in war. But among the samurai, outside the official school, guns were seen as tools for foot soldiers, horseback archery continued to be practiced in the warriors' communities. The focus of training became mind and body strength, and this allowed the art to become more refined. Competing archery schools opened, and that caused competitive innovations in both bows and the techniques.
0: That is completely in line with everything we've heard in all the other podcasts, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can I just add, and this is something I never thought about until I was working on this episode, it would hurt like the dickens to get shot with an arrow of any kind. I
3: can't even think. (laughs) I just have this vision of the arrows going into people's butts, like <laughs> oh like in those God. comedy movies. <laughs> I love that. That's adorable. It still hurt. I don't care if it is your rear end. I know, but you're know, seeing up at the top of the saddle there, is. Okay,
0: guys, I think we better move on to the Meiji period. <laughs> I, okay. The Meiji Restoration of 1868, where Emperor Meiji took power back from the shoguns, changed everything. What was really cool for me is that I got to thinking a little bit about that period. And even though we've mentioned it over and over and over, I had never really looked up these details. Well, it lasted for 250 years. Really? And it's referred to under these names as well. The Honorable Restoration, Reform or Renewal, and it's even known as the Enlightened
1: Rule. Mm. Cool, right? Mm -hmm. Totally cool, Sensei.
0: Okay, Sensei Jackie, please give us the goods. (laughs) <laughs> on the 100 years before
3: World War II. That's insane. The Japanese created a virtue society called the Dai Nippon Budo Kukai, And it was in Kyoto. And archery was a big part. It was such a big part that it entered high school as an extracurricular activity. Really? Yes. But sadly, when World War II came around, the government put all its energy into combative readiness so all government-funded archery training was completely shut down.
1: That's sad, but true. Luckily, by 1951, archery was allowed to come back into schools, which is awesome. And by 1967, it was a part of the regular high school curriculum. So I was,
0: not an extracurricular activity. Us, That's I was right.
1: thinking, I'll go to school and take an archery <laughs> class. I know. That would know. be awesome.
0: A lot of people have tried to get martial arts into regular curriculum. And here in America, haven't they, Sensor Jim? Yes, they have. It's just,
3: first off, it's finances. Mm-hmm. When I right? was when I was in school, nine weeks of the year was devoted to archery. Hmm. And I yeah, was I, here,
0: too, in Broward County. And I had archery when I was yeah. in
2: junior I had archery school. as well in Orlando. You did, too, Sensor mm-hmm. Jim? Yep. Cool. I think it was eighth grade.
0: Okay, Let's get back to some details about how the culture of archery changed from the 1600s all the way through to today. And I can't believe it, Sensei Jackie, but I think you're starting us out again.
3: I think so, Sensei. The trend towards spirituality caused the archery ritual to become much more refined. One example is seen in Toshia, a competition that means passing arrow. It started in the 1100s, but became popular in the Edo period, when it was brought into the palace veranda.
0: Huh,
1: I didn't know that.
3: That's what we read. There really is no solid documentation
0: on the length of the shooting range, but it seemed from what I could see and read that it was approximately 200 feet long, Hmm. which is not a short distance. That's right. By the way, if you're out there and you're a Coyuto expert and you know this piece of history, please get in touch and tell us.
1: Us, you can contact us. All over the web at Wildcat Dojo on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and our webpage, WildcatDojo.com. You can send us an email at dojo at AOL.com and leave us a voicemail at 954-350-1915. But the best part of all of that is Twitter, because we have a really cool graphic up and it shows all the ways to contact us. So Nice. There you go.
0: And on top of that, why don't you follow us on Twitter? Us. We would it's appreciate awesome. that.
1: Uh, We are posting every Saturday and Monday really cool graphics and pictures and...
0: Tweets. Reminders of upcoming episodes. Us, they're fun. And on Fridays, I try to do a shout-out for things like we're looking for um, stories about Master Collegian and to tune in to the Black Belt Promotions on December 6th. I try to do a shout-out on Friday. Us. Okay. Now that we've really gotten distracted, (laughs) let's get back on track with the fact that there were within that experience of the competitions on the 200 foot range yes <laughs> there are three different types of competitions so let's round robin it and landon i think you're going to start us no sensei jim okay, i think sensei. you're going to start us out
2: yeah um i'll start Sensei. say the hiyaku which is 100 shots and the archer who hit the target the most times would be the winner
1: i like that one sensei jim mm-hmm. and i'm going to add the sen it's 1000 shots and in 1827, an 11-year-old boy hit the target 995 times, firing from half the distance of the hall. Wow! I can imagine an 11-year-old boy hitting the target 995 95 times. That is, crazy. I'm trying to imagine shooting 100 feet a 1, thousand times. <laughs> that that's crazy.
0: Even though that's impressive, that's not the only event. So keep us going, Sensei Jackie. Okay.
3: You guys had cool events, but <laughs> wait till you hear this one. It was called the Hiyakazu, which is shooting the most arrows in a day. In 1686, a man shot as many as nine per minute for the entire period, and I found records of people shooting both 11,000 and 13,000 arrows in the allotted time.
1: Wow.
0: And I All have, of us are feeling that in our shoulder right this minute. That's just... As people who shoot. Oh, ow. Right, Sensei Jim? Oh, yeah. I mean, they must have <laughs> pretty be good so I'm going to add a note here. In the next episode, I interview my student, Mark, who took some kudo lessons, and two things are true. One, we say Kyudo, and he says kudo, so I'm sure he's right. And two, he said that the method they shoot from has less pressure on the shoulders, so thanks, Mark, for that information. Now back to the recording. All this is pretty impressive, but Landon, I want you to take us into more modern times.
1: Listen, oh, say, I have one more thing about the competitions. The modern version of a competition is called Omato Taikai, or festival, or the Great Target. It usually has two thousand participants.
0: I love the idea that that stayed, don't you guys? Oh. Yes. And it's still going on. Oh. It's time for me to stop a second and shout out to Honor Athletics, our sponsor. Ah. Athletics, of course, (laughs) they get a trouble. You can get in touch with them by using their website, honorathletics.com.
1: Or calling Cynthia or her son at 770-945-5150.
0: And you can get karate equipment, MMA equipment, anything you need. Give her a call. We really appreciate you supporting her. Because that supports us. And don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo as you're checking out for your 10% discount.
3: There you go. Nice.
0: Thanks, guys. Okay, we're starting to take this one home. Like we often do, we're going to end with some quotes. And believe me, we found tons of good
3: archery quotes. Mm. All right. So start me out, Sensei Jackie. I like this one, Sensei. Even as the archer loves the arrow that flies, so too he loves the bow that remains constant. In his hands and that is a nigerian proverb hmm. i love that one
0: nice. and you know what for the first time it made me actually think about how one thing goes away and one thing stays and i had never thought of it before had, had you ever consciously thought of that since you jumped?
2: um not really but i i see your point
0: well isn't it kind of like the club and the ball in golf
2: uh it is yes after you've hit it, the ball's flying. You know, it's just like the arrow's are left the bow. Like Master Cleaton always says, once the arrow has left the bow, <laughs> there's nothing you can do.
0: Once the arrow leaves the bow, you can't run out and catch it, he used to tell us, <laughs> right, right? right? About our mm-hmm. actions. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay, Landon, let's push.
1: Us. Here's mine. You have to relax when you're shooting an arrow. You can't be tense. And that just helps in your day-to-day life. By Stephen Amel. And you know what, Sensei Jim, that speaks to how
0: you were saying the importance of having a strong philosophical take on your karate and your training, as well as a strong technical take. And those two things together caused this great growth. And I think he really did say that well in the idea that you have to be relaxed when you're shooting. Mm -hmm. And that helps you be relaxed in other high stress situations in your day-to-day life. And that's what we find to be true as karate people, right?
1: I liked how he conducted... The You can't be tense, but then you also can't be tense in your real life.
2: Which is true. Us. It, yeah. Tension is a killer. It just, uh, you can mess up anything. So, right. And that's that's very true, Landon. I've got a good one here as well. It's a Japanese proverb. A single arrow is easily broken. A quiver of 10 is not. And uh, I really like that one. It's like strength in numbers. And I think about when we're sparring, you don't want to have a finger or a thumb out because it can be broken. But if your fist is tight; it's not going to be broken.
1: It's a good analogy,
0: a really good one. Yeah, I like that. So again, like the first quote, it's just something I had never thought of. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Do you guys remember from the first episode how we talked about the famous Archer Fred Bear? Oh, I do
1: I remember Fred Bear.
0: I am going to do a quote from him, and I'm going to shout it out to Sensei J, because you know. He was on the first archery episode with us. Us. And Fred Bear said, "Nothing clears a troubled mind better than shooting a bow."
3: Oh, we agree that that Fred oh, yeah. Bear. <laughs> yeah. Is he the one who he's
1: the one that had the museum? In yes.
0: He's the one that had the museum in Gainesville, which is now part of the uh, Outdoor World system. And they moved oh, okay. the museum, but I, I could not find where they moved it, I assume, to Missouri, where their head, headquarters is. Branson, probably. I assume, yeah. but I you know what assuming is? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> See, even Landon's smiling at that one. Okay, guys, we did it. All right. That wasn't too bad. That was an easy one.
2: That was great.
0: Now, where we're going to pick it up is the actual archery and how it works. Oh, that's so, uh, a little teaser <laughs> for next week. And again, Sensei Gem, are you going to stay for one more?
2: I think I will, Sensei. Yes.
0: God, that'd be great. Excellent. So I really don't have to say goodbye, so because I'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> but we'll say goodbye to the audience. Start me out, Sensei Jim.
2: Goodbye, everyone.
1: Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. And I want to say, before I say my, I'm signing out, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us, review us, and get in touch if you'd like to be a guest on the show.
1: Us, we would love to have you. Oh
0: my gosh, it would be so wonderful. Us. And with that, I'm signing out.
2: Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.